Hey, Shepherd family. This is Pastor Scott Seidler, and I bring to you grace and mercy and peace from God our Father, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for my message today is taken from Matthew chapter 6. As we think about whether we serve the kingdom of God or our own private and personal kingdoms, listen into these words as Jesus gets deep into his sermon on the mount. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourselves. Shut the door behind you and pray to your Father in private, and then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need, even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And do not let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. The question for today, are you living for God's kingdom? Or are you living for your own kingdom? I was born and raised, well, at least raised, at 523 West Avenue in Morris, Illinois. The house was Salem Gold in color. It was the only yellow house I knew of in my small town of Morris, Illinois. It was my castle and it was my keep growing up. I knew every tree. I knew how to mow the lawn just just right so that I could get it done as quickly as possible and yet do as good a job as my dad expected. 523 West Avenue was my kingdom. Until, that is, uh, a time later at least, my wife Renee and I were married. We had moved into a house in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We had wallpapered, back in the day when there was wallpaper, we had painted, we had uh, arranged the furniture that we had bought very early on in our marriage with our own money. And then we got the call to move to um, Dundee, Illinois, to be the associate pastor at Emmanuel Dundee. And as uh, the new uh, owners of the house came to do the final walkthrough before we signed the papers, after we had raised in our early days of ministry our young daughter, Abby, in that Ann Arbor home, I answered the door. They stood there. Renee was over my left shoulder. This is a true story, by the way. I'm somewhat embarrassed to say it. I opened the door to look at the new owners of our new house, and guess what? I burst into tears. I'm literally standing in the doorway of my kingdom, my castle and keep, where my young family uh, was raising our first child, 
We saw her walk in the living room. We put her to bed in the Noah's Ark-themed bedroom upstairs. We cooked in the kitchen for our family as they came to visit us. And as the new owners stood there, they hadn't even gotten into the house. I am sitting there thinking of all the great memories in this home in Ann Arbor. And I am crying like a little baby. Now, the funny piece of the puzzle is, of course, the new owners are there and they're thinking I'm completely nuts. Renee is over my left shoulder and she is looking around like, oh gosh, Scott's crying again. <laughs> it, was, it was so funny. I apologize again and again, but here's the deal. Every time we walked into a new room for the new owners to make sure that everything was in order, you know, it was, it was uh, clean and, and well-kept. I started crying again because that first home that Renee and I owned, it was a little kingdom for me. Maybe that's similar to some experiences you've had. The uh, home that you grew up in and as you take your grandchildren or children back, you look back somewhat nostalgically and, and think about all the great memories there. Maybe it's the first home that you and your spouse raised your children in. Maybe it was a a college that you went to and as you go back for homecoming events or just return to do a, a quick drive through on the way to another location, you, your mind goes down memory lane and you think about your dorm room, you think about the apartment you lived in and that was your kingdom, your castle, your keep. You know, all of those physical locations where we live, they tug at our heartstrings. And uh, they invite us today to think about the very real question prompted in Matthew chapter 6 as we learn for the first time what it means to say the Lord's Prayer and that phrase, your kingdom come. The question, are you living for a kingdom of your own or are you living for God's kingdom? Our kingdoms come in many sizes and shapes for some, the kingdoms are our physical homes in which we grew up in. For some, the kingdoms that we have are our workplaces, our jobs, the employees that we oversee, the products that we make. For some, our kingdom is a bank account or a future retirement destination that you're longing to get to. But these kingdoms are things that we clutch and we hold so close that whenever anybody starts messing with those kingdoms, well, we can feel the, the hair on the back of our neck start to go up. We can feel our muscles tighten. We can feel our breath go more shallow as we prepare for the fight to defend those kingdoms, those castles, those keeps that we, we hold so dear. Jesus says, you know, there's only one kingdom worth living for. There's only one kingdom that will endure. There's only one kingdom which will survive moth and rust, which destroy most everything. There's only one kingdom you can take with you, and that's the kingdom of Jesus Christ. The kingdom of God's righteousness, the kingdom of God's purposes, the kingdom of God's grace and forgiveness and mercy. This kingdom built by God on the shoulders of his son, on the top of a mountain called Golgotha, where that son died, and above his head hung that very pregnant sign which said, here is the king of the kingdom of God's manufacture. What kingdom are you living for today? 
the kingdom of your own devising or the kingdom of God's own constitution. A kingdom in which God invites every man, woman, child, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of geographic region in which you're living, God says, I have made you to be mine. I have made you to be a member of my kingdom. I have made you to be an extender of my kingdom to those yet not citizens of it. Which kingdom are you living in? A little bit later on, a little bit later on in in Matthew chapter 6, we read these words. Matthew chapter 6, verses 28 to 33. Why do you worry about your clothing kingdom? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's troubles are enough for today. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek His plans, His purposes. Seek His mercy. Seek the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ upon which His kingdom is built. You know, I started this message by sharing with you that somewhat silly and embarrassing story from the first house my wife Renee and I owned. The tears that I shed as we sold it and passed it on to a new set of owners. It causes me to ask this question a little bit more uh, mature now in my Christian walk. What makes you weep? What breaks your heart? 22 years ago or so, it was the selling of my first home. I'm not too embarrassed really by that. That was a special place with special people and neighbors and memories, and it was something that was blessed by God. But my prayer is that as I get older in the Christian faith and as I see kingdoms come and go, as I sell homes and cars that I've driven my kids in and and I go from place to place and meet new people, my prayer is that God, by His grace, would make my heart most tender toward the purposes of His kingdom the prerogatives of His will. That if I weep about anything, it will be about those who have not yet come to know the joy of knowing Jesus, the King of this kingdom, as their Lord and Savior. So as I wrap up this message today, and as you work hard in the minutes and hours and days ahead to think about what constitutes your kingdom, would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the grace of knowing you as our King. 
Help us, O God, to treasure your kingdom, which moth and rust cannot destroy, which thieves cannot break in and steal, this kingdom that was bought for us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ, this kingdom which is ours by your grace alone. Help us live for this kingdom, to treasure it, to weep for its glory and extension in this world, and to look to it as our castle and keep throughout our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Shepherd family, have a great rest of the week. I look forward to seeing you again soon. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.